If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to First Strike, First Look right here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross, and it is a pleasure to be joined by Lou Finicaro here on a Tuesday as we look ahead to Saturday's action in New York between Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, and the main event, potentially a five-round bout there. Uh, Lou, great to have you back in the program. Again, everybody, you can follow Lou as I do at Gamblu, and he is the host of the Bout Business podcast. And you are about business when you give out those picks. But I do want to look back before we look ahead, Lou, to last week. And it feels like we have to talk about judging before you place those wagers, people, each and every week, because I feel like every week we have at least one controversial decision on the card. And maybe last week it was Jamie Malarkey against uh, Michael Johnson. It felt like Michael Johnson got the win uh, by the naked eye, but he did not get the decision here as he loses in that three-rounder. So I know if you had a, a ticket on Michael Johnson, a lot of people are going, how in the world are they seeing these fights? Lou, you've been very, very good with our viewers and listeners here. Here, detailing the new judging it's not necessarily new but it's new implementation and actually using that judging uh, are they using it correctly in your eyes uh well first of all dave thanks so much for having me on and this is a great debate it, it's uh it, yes there's a new wrinkle to the judging since 2017 or so and we're seeing it applied uh effectively for the most part that said in the last two months there's been a couple of misses. Emmett and Cater was one. There was one before that. Those misses were slight misses, but they were surely misses. The Michael mm -hmm. Johnson Malarkey fight was an outright uh, wrongdoing, and it's it. You know, it, there's a lot of ways to explain it, but Michael Johnson himself, it, you know, showed the strikes. If you watch the fight, it, it, I mean, we're not imbeciles. We know who won the fight, and it's unfortunate that these things happen on occasion. I will say for the two or three that went the wrong way recently, this one sticking out like a sore th thumb just hit by a hammer, uh, for the most part, they're getting it right. It was unfortunate. I will say Michael Johnson was a minus, was a plus 190 release for the Bout Business podcast. So we lose on that. But in, in this business, you record the results and then you turn the page and move ahead. Bad decision, yes, but I'm not going to cry over it because what we got, we have New York this week. And we know right. that the state commission in New York this week is right up there with Texas as the most off balance and potentially dubiously 
motivated commissions of the 50. So we had Texas, then one in Las Vegas, now one in New York. Maybe we're seeing uh, a little bit uh, too many because of uh, too many poor decisions because of where these fights are held. But over the course of the year, I'd like to think that the judging in decisions are mostly correct. That's a great point. And the reason why we bring this up almost weekly here on First Strike and or First Strike First Look here on a Tuesday is because that should factor in uh, into your wagering. And again, I I was with you on Michael Johnson. I thought the handicap was correct. The judges just quite frankly didn't do their job. So um, that's the problem when you get to a fight that you think might hit the judges' scorecards. When we look ahead to the main event here on a Tuesday between Ortega and Rodriguez, we have another situation where the over-under in this potentially five-round bout is four and a half. So that's telling you right away that this has a high probability of hitting the card. So minus 110 either way as we sit here on a, on a Tuesday. And as I say that, I see the line just got updated to minus 120, four and a half, minus 110 for the over, minus 120 for the under four and a half. So slight money coming in now on the under. But does that factor into how you might look at this fight here when you look at what the, the rounds and how you feel this might go if it is going to go to the cards because of the dubious scoring in New York? How does that factor into your handicap? Well, not not as much as the fact that they're in a large 30-foot cage, meaning decision. Let's look at the fight card, 12 fights, eight of them are at 155 pounds or less. So you got little teeny people in big, huge cages. You got to be aware of that. I mean, if you're looking for finishes, this is not going to be your card. We, we also know that from uh, 2013 to now that – 145 pounds and under. Now, this includes women. There's only 45% finish rate, 185 pounds and over 53% finish rate. So uh, the little, the littler people don't finish. And I'm not surprised to see Ortega and Rodriguez total like that. But I don't think the value in that fight's on the total. I think there's a glaring value on a side. Well, let's get to that side then, because look, I'll be the first one to admit I'm kind of in the tank for T-City, Brian Ortega. I uh, had him on as a co-host of mine uh, way back in Anaheim at UFC 241. And uh, I just I have an affinity for the guy. He's He's been right there in uh, title contention. Yeah, he feels like he's been a little bit further away from getting there. And I'm trying to take my heart out of this, and I want to get your head and your analysis of T-City. Where is he? Because when you get so close to finishing Alexander Volkanovsky, who I think now the debate is over, that he's the greatest 145-pounder uh, this side of Jose Aldo that we've ever seen, is Ortega still on that level, or has he come back a step in your eyes? I simply look at this fight based on each man's situation with Max Holloway. Mm. Yair Rodriguez, in my opinion, is being given a premium for his effectiveness against a Holloway that was a shell of the man that Ortega fought when Ortega fought him. It's my contention, and I said it in the Volkanovsky breakdowns that we did, that Max was shot. Now, maybe I overspoke, but Max wasn't the Max of old, and Volkanovsky was an improving fighter. Yair's getting too much credit for what he did against Max, and Ortega's being overlooked for the people he's been in with, his record, and his well-roundedness. If he takes Frankie Edgar's approach to get Yair to the ground and does get get Yair to the ground. This will be a one-sided fight, and I don't believe the pricing on the fight is equal to Ortega's ability here. 
And that is a very intriguing handicap because, again, what we're trying to do here, the exercise on a first strike, first look on a Tuesday, is maybe see where that line might go. So if you're a backer, uh, which clearly you are here of T-City, do you think it's something that you want to play now or something that you want to play later? Where do you uh, later? Do you think at minus 165, that's the best number you're going to get for, for T-City? Well, that, that's interesting, Dave, because last week I released Ortega minus 155 on the podcast as a future position because I felt that the number had to go up but based on my handicap. That said, there's a little Yair uh, love. There's some dog love out there. And I really think it's up to the listener to decide how you view Max Holloway is how you're going to view each fighter. If you think Max is still the Max of old, then you have to consider Yair very live here. I don't. And so, therefore, I think this is an Ortega that should be lined at minus 200. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's an excellent way to try to break this down uh, from a numbers perspective and see where you're going to get the best value. And I tend to agree that maybe the number on Ortega might balloon a little bit as we get closer and closer to Saturday. Uh, you, you mentioned, and we talked about the total uh, rounds here. And, and again, when you look at this whole fight card, uh, the main event, of course, is four and a half is the total on a potential five rounder. All the other ones, of course, are three round fights. And with the exception of two, Every total is two and a half, which says exactly what you said off the top of the show, Lou. They're expecting a lot of these fights to go the distance. When you look at the co-main and the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson back in there against Amanda Lemos. Right now, Watterson's plus 260. Lemos over a $3 betting favorite. Normally with women, it tends to go to the cards. Not as many finishes as you might see with the men. Uh, in that scenario, is there any value that you might see in this co-main event? Oh, boy, that's a tough one, because when you look at the hottie, she's faced the who's who of her division. It has to be respected, even though she's lost many of those fights. It's been against top three elite talent. You have to respect her. That said, Lemos, with much less credibility based on her past opponents, is a violent woman. And I have to think that this is a lawnmower going through spring grass and that Watterson's going to be overwhelmed. I don't have much opinion on this fight yet. Probably look at props, but Lemos inside the distance might be where I'm headed here. I, that's a, just a great analogy with with the lawnmower through the, the, the spring grass. I like that one, Lou. Uh, let's stay with the ladies here. And again, you know, whenever you get uh, Cupcake back in there, Misha Tate, the former champion, uh, at 135 pounds, dropping down to 125 here for this bout with lucky Lauren Murphy. Uh, Lauren Murphy, of course, had her title shot in this weight class against Valentina Shevchenko and like all the rest came up short there at 125. What do you make of Murphy here? Plus 175 I'm seeing on a Tuesday. Yeah, and I, I'm willing to make an official release here because uh, I feel this uh, fight is offering such opportunity. I'm going to have to take some now. And and here's how I view this. Uh, Tate has tremendous history, tremendous name recognition. But in 2016, she retired. She came back and fought Marion Renault, uh, who is no, his, who was that was a retirement fight. Okay, uh, she that fight was at 135. Her last fight, which was a win, 135 as well. Now. She's chasing the cheese to try and drop and get a championship opportunity, dropping to 125 for the first time in her career. To me, that's a red flag. And she's fighting a gal in Murphy that's durable, slow, good at everything, but excellent at nothing, but has been busier, 
She's a legitimate 125 pound fighter. She just got off Shevchenko and, and laid an egg against Shevchenko. She left Texas to train at Elevation in Colorado. She's totally motivated and she's the legit 125 pounder. I really think this is an excellent opportunity to fade the public that are chasing a name and taking Lauren Murphy. And I see her currently at every Vegas outlet at plus 195. Woo, that is an official release, and what a one a release it is from Lou Finicaro here on First Strike First Look. So uh, take note of that here on a Tuesday. Shop around. Try to get that best number uh, if you can, and if you can get it close to $2, I think that's a, a dog that might be able to hunt here come Saturday night. You look and, at this card, Dave, you got yeah. – Excuse me for interrupting, Dave. Those that want to be patient and watch this line, it could well continue to grow. So I, I'm, I'm not going to get too greedy. I'm going to jump at – a buck 95 right now, but again, patience may uh, get you another nickel or dime. Well, uh, there you go. So if, if the public money comes in on the on the name, as we say, with the former champion here, Misha Tate, you could get even bigger value uh, come Saturday. You look at the card again. I always say this. I feel like I say every, every week, you know, you got Charles Jordan against uh, Shane Burgos is here. Matt Schnell's on the card. Lee Jillian against Muslim Salikov, uh, Ricky Simone, Jack Shore. Uh, even on the very first fight, you got Jessica Panay. She's back inside there. Is there any fight that you've really identified on a Tuesday that you think might be really good value before? we get to Saturday well I wanted to jump out and, and give that Lauren Murphy one that's that's <laughs> big and just because this isn't a numbered card I see four or five just huge opportunities out there uh, besides Murphy maybe uh, one I would point people to is uh, Jing Liang Lee now that's mm -hmm. another uh, about business podcast released from a week ago. At the time, it was the opener plus 155. That's gone down a little bit. Listen, this guy Lee is, is a pretty effective fighter. Inch taller, four years younger, three inches of reach advantage. And he's coming off that domination by Chimeyev. So what's he do? Shows up at Sanford MMA, starts training with Shavat Rachmanov. And let's not forget, here's a guy that KO'd Ponzinibbio before the fight with Shemayev, and he's beaten a guy like Elysio Dos Santos Zaleski. When Lee is on, he's tough, and he's bouncing off that loss. And I really think against a guy in Sokolov that is going to be the older grinder and hasn't been so effective, 38-year-old guy, the wrong man's favored here. This should be a pick em fight. And I think Lee's in a great position to bounce. And still at plus 150 here uh, as we sit on a Tuesday on DraftKings. So again, shop around. Boy, that's that feels like really good value and a potential quote-unquote upset. I put that in air quotes, Lou. Uh, before we, we sign off for First Strike, First Look, I want to tell the people about the Bout Business Podcast and how they can tune in every week and what they get. Thank you so much. At any place that one uh, gets a podcast, you can get the Gamble Bout Business podcast any Friday afternoon, and it'll be a 16 to 18 minute summary of that week's UFC fight releases. Uh, listeners here just were the beneficiary of one. Um, Lauren Murphy will be on the podcast, and that's available every Friday. And as always, love the show, Dave, and appreciate you having me on. Well, there he is, everybody. Lou Finicaro, my mom's favorite and clearly one of mine as well. Lou, really appreciate it. Uh, as always, can't wait for First Strike on Friday, my friend. We'll catch up then. Thanks so much and good luck to everyone. There he is. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Cam Lou. We'll see you on Friday on First Strike on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.